Shows. Can we look at the PPT? Okay, these are all the various um, these are all the various uh, testimonies. True. Okay. Um, before we share this, okay, there's not many people talking about America. That's because because we went to three different churches and the members every single time was different people but it was very different from America that I imagined and it was less the America that I imagined and so I could feel that God was really seeking the remnant so let's share some of the testimonies Okay, it says that when we prayed, it was dark, but there was a large light and there was great presence of God. Another person said is that I received tongue prayer. Uh, I wanted to receive lots of tongue prayer and and finally was able to receive tongue prayer. And so for a hundred hours, I've been continually praying in tongues. And I'm praying that uh, the fire would continue to burn. Uh, another brother shares that, um, that her spine was so broken, but it was, or was in such pain, but was healed. Um, so I think these are all testimonies of pastors from Central America. She is going too fast, though. So one moment. Okay, I was hearing the sermons, and it felt like I was looking at God face to face. In that moment, I could not forget, and uh, that His words were the words of heaven. Uh, after this conference ended, the moment I went home, the entire church was started to pray in tongues, and. I could see that he is returning. During the conference, God touched many things inside of me. And I returned to the church, and there was a lot of anointing and fire. And during the worship, there was lots of tongue prayers being opened. And so I bless Zoe Ministry in, in Korea. And so all these pastors are blessing Zoe Ministry and giving thanks. And so this is the lady who, who we saw in the video that uh, who has is on crutches come out and I went forward. I went forward and, and I'm still no longer wearing those crutches. But uh, one moment, um, one moment, one moment, one moment. Okay. Uh, when I went home, as I was looking back at the sermons, I could feel the spirit being renewed inside of me, could feel the ruach, the, the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit. And so though it felt like the word that I knew very well, I, the direction came to me. Uh, the, the seed that you have sown is not in vain, it has fallen on good soil, and so there will be much fruit. Uh, 
Not only were my eyes closed, but because of high blood pressure and diabetes, my body was in much pain. But all of these things were healed in the conference, and when I went home, that my body was at normal levels. Okay, in order to establish the glorious church, we must get rid of false truths. And so through the sermons, we learned all of these things. And then, Okay, and so, you know, on in the sermon, um, during the sermon, Pastor Kim said that there's someone who could not run because of a failing heart, and even if they're not here, uh, if someone's been praying, and so they will be healed. And I remember hearing these words, and as I was talking with someone in the lobby, they said that their parents were hospitalized because of a failing heart. And I remember what Pastor Kim said, and I asked this person, can I pray for your parents? And she said yes, and so I prayed, and later they called saying that they were all healed. Okay. And uh, I'm going to have to catch up, so this one's a bit long. Okay, to me, this conference was God's gift to me. I'm grateful that you have dedicated everything to minister to me. And in Jesus' name, I pray that all blessings will come upon you. Uh, Pastor calls Sergio the best interpreter, and I could feel them being united in the anointing, and I could feel that, um, that there was light shining forth from them. And I was grateful for the reward of ice cream. Okay, my knees were injured and so I could not walk well. But after the conference, after receiving healing, I could walk. So I was filled with joy. After coming back from the conference, uh, I could feel God's glory being poured out to the church. And many people were healed of uh, the injuries they received because of the coronavirus. And then, so this is American conference. Okay, we don't know who this person is, but this person said that they had cancer and they were healed. And even though not only the three churches that we went to, but other churches decided to become part of Zoe Ministry. And there are many people who are conference who, who are giving their testimony about their healings. And so please continue to pray for us that we can partake in all these conferences with you. And uh, during the conference in Honduras, there was a sister that that there was a sister that pastor felt that he had to meet, and it was a sister that I was waiting for, and she didn't come to the conference, and so we sent a text message asking why she didn't come. And, and because her sister was coming from America, I, I don't have time to go. And so I told her that she needs to come. I want to see her. And then so she said that I can only come maybe on the last day. And so we waited until the last day, and still she didn't show up. 
So I thought to myself, is she not going to come? But I thought I had to meet with her and realized that it's not me who wants to meet with her, but God wanted to meet with her. I don't know why I wanted to see her so much, but I could feel that God wanted to show her and thinking that, oh, she has a special reason. And so during the sermon, they came, they showed up and I was like, wow, you showed up. And I greeted them and they had service. And at the end, I was thinking that, oh, they're going home. But their father came and gave thanks, gave thanks for the conference, even though they showed up on the last day. And then also someone started to run forward. And as they ran forward, they asked me if you understand English. I'm going to speak in English. So do you understand English? So what's interesting is that everyone speaks Spanish. And yet, someone is speaking English. And so I thought to myself, why are they speaking English? And so it was the brother-in-law of that lady. And he wanted to become a pastor. He's not yet a pastor, but he wanted to become a pastor. And this guy, ever since the morning, God has been speaking to him. And so he was so excited to share it with God's word. So he asked if we understood English. And so Sergio, because he, because he only saw Sergio speaking Spanish, he wasn't sure if he understood English. So he spoke in English. And he said that God's been speaking to him four things since the morning and gave a prophecy towards Yabang Church and that pastor and pastor's wife are very faithful. And in this faithfulness, they have done much ministry, but there is um, a storehouse that has not yet been open. And there are not that many servants of God out in the world that have worked as hard as them. But they have not yet received this reward. But in this season, there's going to be great reward. There's going to be a great storehouse of riches opened up. You will see fruit being born forth. There will be blessings born, born for, forth. And then the second thing is, is that break down the sense of security. Don't look for security. Don't look for comfort. But your apostleship will continue to grow. Your prophetship will continue to grow. And then he saw this church in Korea. And it was, there was this red light surrounding them. And what this is, is the spirit of evangelism. Not out of force, but like waves bursting forth. There will be the spirit of evangelism going forth. That they will not be able to stop themselves. That they will just go out evangelizing. And then fourth, that in church, that this church in Korea might be a very small church, and yet, as a remnant, as a spiritual church, there is great power. And I saw this number 30 times that this church is going to grow. 30 times. So God is going to bear great fruit. Amen. And so let's give great glory to God for giving us this fruit.
And as Pastor Kim was hearing these news, oh wait, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry, as I was, oh wait, what? sorry, one moment. I was just grateful that God is confirming instead of, uh, I really have much to say, but look, um, let's first look at the prayer for, for the month of April. Actually, today is the beginning of the Passion Week. And we are not spending the Passion Week like the rest of the world is. But in order to face next week in glory, I think how we spend this week is really important. Because next week is Easter Sunday. Let us once again taste the joy of resurrection as we come across Easter next week. And so let's live with this gratefulness towards God's uh, grace for bringing us back to life. Uh, that this grace of bringing the dead to life, that his death, his suffering, and his resurrection would once again uh, fill us up as we come across this next uh, Easter. And then after that week, we have a conference for the young adults. And I'm grateful that when we came to the decision that I could feel the Holy Spirit moving, that it'd be great if we had this conference in April. And so we had this conference for young adults in April. And it'd be great if we could be united with the Jews. And so I reached out to Pastor Yuk, uh, Pastor Yuk in Israel. And you know, honestly, it's not easy on this short notice for people to come. And so I was giving up on this idea of inviting young adults from, from Israel. But all of a sudden, someone called from Israel. And there is this, um, there is this um, pastor who is ministering to the next generation. And who, so he is going to come with one of the leaders and they're coming to Korea and they were thinking about what church they should visit. And Pastor E. Lee said that it recommended our church. And so God, it felt as if God was really answering our prayers and sending not just anyone, but someone who is a leader. And so this person will preach the week after the Passion Week. And though they cannot partake in our conference, but they will open the conference 
that way. And so I was amazed at how God answered our prayers. And then there will also be many um, young adults coming. And so April is going to be very busy. Uh, we have not even finished closing uh, the Central American Conference. And yet there's a lot of this, um, there's a lot of things coming up. And so I prayed to God, help us not to be busy. Help us not to be hectic. But Lord, each and every day that your grace would fill us and overflow. And so let's proclaim this April community prayer together. Okay, let's proclaim together. The strong, the brave, and the wise are rising up. We praise the God of Nahum, comfort and vengeance, for calling the poor as warriors and who is victorious in the war against the great prostitute. We also thank you for the amazing grace of being used for this place of glory. Although the entire church community worked so hard and spent all their strength in leading the conferences, intercession, and SIP, businesses, etc., we give all the glory to the Lord and seek to be more poor in spirit. This April, which holds the Passover and Easter, may we not rejoice or boast in any other righteousness than the righteousness that was achieved by Jesus Christ. We believe that when the young men gather like the dew once more and proclaim the year of Jubilee, there will come an unprecedented powerful spiritual earthquake. The hardened land will become cultivated and the way of the Lord will be prepared. The veils that had limited the Holy Spirit will all be lifted and the works of God's boundless mercy will be released. Gather, O daughter army, I shall visit you. You shall see me and you shall rise up as an army that praises the great and most high God. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. Amen. And so, on the last day, as we're having a conference, we sang the song, Great is the Lord and Most Worthy of Praise. And during the conference, uh, God gave me this inspiration that this was in preparation for the conference in June. And so, and when we went there, I could see several young adults. And these young adults were those who were going to prepare for the next generation. And so this conference was pretty much prepared by Michaela. She prayed with all the various uh, pastor's kids of all the various churches in Costa Rica, praying and preparing who should, who should be called. And so they made this team, teams for praise, teams for leading, teams for ushering. And almost all of them were all pastor kids. So they all came to help, and as they're seeing signs and wonders of the word, their hearts were stirred up within them. So it felt like the beginning of Zoe ministry, where many children followed after their parents, and seeing proof of God being alive, and so they devote themselves. So it felt like many of these young adults, these, these pastor kids, once again dedicating themselves to God. And so these pastor's kids, when they first were singing, like we, weren't, we, we could not tell if they were praising God or if they were praising themselves. But lastly, they gathered together and prayed together. And one young adult kept asking, why can I pray in tongues? Why can't I pray in tongues?
And, and so, you know, as we were ministering to them, you know, telling the various reasons why they were unable to pray in tongues, but we opened up their praying in tongues. And so these children, as they were singing the song, Great is the Lord and Most Worthy of Praise, we could feel their, their praise rising up to God. How great and amazing God is, right? So we're filled with this grace and, and wonder. But as I was watching them praise, at first I was thinking, is this praise? Because like they're dancing, they're going crazy. And, and like these grandmothers, they would dance their hearts out and they would, they would faint. And then as they faint, they would get back themselves up and they would pray, they would dance again. And as they would dance again, they would fall again, get back up, and then, and then dance, you know. And then even in the midst of that, some would break down crying, some would break down and enter into the spirit. And, and yet, regardless of the circumstances, As they were just singing like this, God would come. His presence would come. And I was like, ah, this is worship. Because as they sing, God, you are great. He works. This is what we came to receive once again. And so the reason why I like singing in Spanish is because Korean, it tends to request right like lord do this for me please do this right it's always in a kind of like a begging way that lord uh, shape in me shape in me worship even though i worship lead me lord lead me this is all in the future you like it's uncertainty it's always like asking requesting but in spanish for the most part it's all just proclamations that it's all in the past tense that oh we are free oh we welcome the Holy Spirit for you have manifested even without knowing whether the Holy Spirit is there or not you know you've manifested you've manifested and so in faith they just sing and so regardless of the spiritual atmosphere they just keep singing to God and as they sing to God it seems as if they are very ignorant and they they're no, don't know what's going on and yet they just let go of themselves they let go Though there are many circumstances they may that might weigh them down, right? That oh, I have all this difficulty, I have this, I have that, I have this, but no one cares once the music starts playing, right? They don't care. They don't 
don't care about what other people think about them, but they just dance, dance their hearts out, sing their hearts out. And as they sing, I could feel the anointing flowing and flowing and flowing. And as they sing, they just stop singing and just bow down before God because they feel his presence. And so, and so what I was reminded of is how much my worship has been centered around me. How much my worship has been judged based on my own standards. And like, I remember just feeling like I want to praise God, but I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. That, oh, I need to finish cleansing myself of this. I need to finish repenting of this. But God kept saying is that, look, I called you. And the, and the moment I called you already, you are worthy. You are worthy. And the fact that you wanted to repent, I already cleansed you. That my word has made you clean. And so just come. Come. And, and that freedom would just come as I sang and danced. And so one thing that we want to pray for right now is that, Lord, we lay down all our doubts. Doubts that you love us. Doubts of, of your acceptance. That, Lord, I just want to receive it all. Like, I remember asking God, why do you love us so? But, you know, he says, Abba Father, right? What, this word, Abba Father, what does Abba mean? It's this two-year-old toddler crying out to God, Abba. Crying out to his father, Abba. And so, I look at you like this, right? And so, God isn't looking for us to do something, to bring something. What can we bring to God? No. Because I look at you as a little toddler, how can I leave you alone? Then no matter what you may bring, it's, as, it's like a toddler. And so God is saying, just rely on Him. Just rely on Him. That you don't need to bring anything. What can you bring that can add to God? So let's pray. This doubt inside of us, this doubt towards God, especially even in worship. In the midst of worship, I keep trying to judge based on my standards, right? Where my heart is, what I feel is right. As Singha said earlier, that because of this, I'm divided from God. I'm unable to believe in God's um, love. I remember before I came to, before I went to Central America, a brother came up to me and said that it's hard for me to believe that you love me. And I remember, I remember crying out to him, what can I do to show you that I love you, right? And, and as I was praying in Central America, like, God, where's your love? God reminded me of that and, and showed me that God is also crying out to us. What more can I do to show you that I love you, right? And so parents, I'm sure you know well, right? Even as parents, you love your children, right? And yet, many times, even though we have this unconditional love for our children, we forget the unconditional love that God has for us.
And so, Lord, once again, we want to cast away all these doubts, cast away these fears. Let's pray all together. May all doubts be cast down. May we flee from, from doubt and be filled with, with faith in your love. Yes, Lord, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. have no doubt towards you, Lord. Be filled in faith. Be filled in faith. Be filled in the faith of the word of God. Amen. Amen. So let's look at the word of God. Ephesians chapter 2. And let's just read verse 4 altogether. Okay, verse 4 is maybe a little bit too short. Or, or it's okay, we'll begin from verse 4 to verse 10. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And before we left for Central America, I kept looking at Romans and I was reading Romans 9, 10, and 11 and I could keep seeing these words repeating that God has has shackled men in, in, um, in disobedience and why is so that he could have grace upon us to save us so that it would not be of works. And I was confused thinking like, why, why, what does this mean? I mean, my, my confusion isn't in, in doubt of, of this word itself, but like, like, like just kept thinking like, what is God trying to say? But what kept resonating in my heart is that God, that God, when he saves us, he saves us because of his own mercy. It's not out of our efforts. It's not out of my merit. It's not out of what profit I could bring. It's not my excellence, my, my works. No. It's because of his mercy. His mercy gives us the grace of salvation. It's not out of my works. Amen? And yet, I keep looking at people next to me as, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Even though I'm dozing off, telling the people, struggle to not doze off. Don't doze off. Hey, Wonjun, listen to the sermon properly. Right? And I keep telling them to work. And yet, it's not works. Right? It's not works. 
If works gave us salvation, then salvation would be our, we could boast. But again, we see that it's not out of works. And, and this is what really uh, I suffered in the conf throughout this conference is my strength. My strength kept rising up. And I'm someone who's unable to lay down my strength. Oh no, that's not what she said. Okay, I'm someone who, who doesn't like to live by strength. It's more comfortable for me to just uh, go with the flow. But for some reason, throughout this conference, I kept wanting to do this, wanting to do that, thinking that I need to do something. There's this pressure that I need to do something. Oh, I need to hurry up and write the community prayer. Oh, I need to hurry up and do this. Hurry up and do that. And on that day we arrived in Costa Rica, they had a special uh, praise team coming, right? And they had this whole choir and, and, and they were showing like this great things, right? They invited and paid for some choir to come. And they were singing that song, How Great Is Our God, right? And it was cool to watch, but... You're going to have to cut me some slack. She's really fast right now. But like, you know, this is my interpretation and it's like, you know, because there was this battle between like Costa Rica and Honduras, which one is going to stand more? And so it's like, Pastor Francisco is trying to show that Costa Rica is superior. So it's not just, it's not just trumpet, we have trombone, we have saxophone, we have everything, right? And I kept thinking to myself that, all of this was paid for by the money that we provided. And, you know, it's not like we have lots of money. But, and yet, and so anyways, this is just my interpretation of, of the events. But, but like, I'm sure that they were innocent. Like, like I mean, like, they had an innocent, um, they, it was coming from a good place. But I could feel my strength rising up. And because my strength was rising up, that's how I interpreted all the events that was going on. And honestly, it was really gracious. And, and there was lots of grace pouring out in that place. But I kept judging, and I kept judging. And there was no reason to judge, to be honest. Because, I mean, God is the one who's working, right? And so there was no reason to judge. And so I should have just been grateful. But, but anyways, and then so later... You know, you know, there was this conflict between Costa Rica and Honduras, but it finally was solved towards the end of that conference. And I could, I, I saw them talking to one another. And they hugged each other. And they were united. 
And I felt like that, that there was this angelic presence around them. And I could see this being loosened. And then so as it was loosened, it was a great conference. And then we went to Honduras. And then when we went to Honduras, there was more instruments now in Honduras. Right? If we go back the next time, there's going to be an orchestra there. Right? And so there was seriously like just all kinds of instruments. And so the entire stage was filled with people playing instruments. And but the funny thing is that is that I, I had an inspiration that Honduras, their strength was rising up. But as their strength was rising up, they would realize that nothing would happen out of their strength. And, and on that first day, you know, they were trying really hard. But really, um, on that first worship, Pastor Kim said that, hey, if you're tired, it's okay to go home. And really, after Pastor Kim said that, half of the people there left. They went home. And, I mean, they didn't go all at once, but like little by little bit, they would take their bags, go to the back, and then say their goodbyes, and then go home. <laughs> but it really felt like uh, the conference in Malaysia, the famous one where everyone fell asleep, right? Like everyone was asleep. And on the, from the very first moment, Pastor Mino Kim was just pouring his heart out in every single session. And really, we were in murderous row because like there was no break. There was like, you know, we, we would do this conference in Costa Rica. The one day that's in between, we had to go to um, a hot spring. They prepared this hot spring and it's a three hour bus ride. And, you know, we had to wake up at 8 o'clock, right? And, and so waking up 8 o'clock, getting ready by 8 o'clock was already difficult. And the bus wasn't even there. So we didn't even have time to sleep. But we waited for the bus. And it took three hours for the bus to get there. And then so, again, we, we, we waited for the bus for three hours. And it was a three-hour bus ride. And then we got there. And it took three and a half hours there, and we, so we only had two hours to enjoy the hot springs. And then three hour bus ride back home, and then we had to pack up our things to, to uh, go to the airport early in the morning. And so we could barely sleep. And then so get on the plane. And then, and then once we arrived in Honduras, it took seven hours f to get from the airport to the city that we we're going to. And so really, we were on murder's road. The schedule was really difficult. And yet, every single session, even though everyone in our team was falling asleep, Pastor Mino Kim was pouring his heart out. And he said it was really difficult. His body was breaking down. And yet, I asked him, that, how were you able to preach this way? And he said, I don't know. I just opened my mouth and, and it just came out. But anyways, and so as he was preaching, we could see the joy of the next generation rising up once again all over the world, right? Like, uh, right? And, 
And like these youth would come greet us and they would say like, oh, I'm from Dominica Republic or I'm from Nicaragua. So you guys got to come here. You guys got to come here. And so as because they have no doubt in God's love, even in the word, they have no they have no doubt. They just receive it. And so because they just receive it without doubt, the word just goes in, just enters into them. And honestly, like Ephesians is not is not an easy message to receive. But because they have no doubt, because they have no um, they have no concerns, they just receive the word in faith. And so much change was brought about. Many people received lots of grace. These 900 pastors, right? Just the fact that they gathered, God brought his great presence. And on the third day, we started proclaiming like victory and shouting in victory. And on that day, what happened was all the hotel workers came out, right? They all came out and what they did was they thought that there was an earthquake. And so they were looking for a place to, um, ref for a place for refuge. Because, there, because the entire place was shaken because of our shouting. And so that's how great God was working. And Pastor Kim said, prophesied that there would be an earthquake, and there really was an earthquake. What does this earthquake um, symbolize? It symbolizes this warfare at the end of times. But anyways, with this um, victory, we went to Honduras, and yet look at their reception, right? That the first night, half of them left. The next day, new people would show up. It's not even the same people that showed up the day before. New people would show up, and they would leave in the middle of the worship. Every single session, and, and, and I thought to myself, what's going on? But what God was showing me is not these people, but this church. This was the third time that we've gone to this church, and not only that, their children have come here every single time. And every single time we would go there, I would think that this is the last time, this is the last time. That this is too far away. That uh, even in Honduras, this is too far away. And so why does God keep bringing me here? Let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. And yet, and yet we kept coming back. And we would come, and I went there, and as I was there, when we first came to that church, they would boast in their church members, right? That they had this professor, that professor. And that was Martha's pride and joy, like that she had these members at the church. And, and so, you know, these professors, because they had lots of money, they built this church up in a way that's so fancy, right? Like they made a nice bathroom for us and a kitchen and everything. But then, so this time when we showed up, all of these professors were leaving. They left. And I could feel God was establishing his remnant. And then again, these children. Oh. 
would come here and as they came here they saw our intercession right and I thought that they would just be happy with it with experiencing it but when they went home they prayed 10 hours and they have this inspiration that they want to pray 24 hours like we do and so they were ashamed that they only prayed 10 hours and so how grateful was that and that church has their life is surrounded around the church these church members and you know they asked us to come to their private school they have a school of about 200 students and so I told the young adults that went with us to you go meet with the children and do something for them and we went to the school and in each classroom they would write in Korean right like thank you very much and if they couldn't write in Korean they would write in English even English is something that's difficult for them right but if you look outside they wrote a lot of letters to us and you could see those letters that they wrote to us and they kept calling us missionaries right missionaries we are not missionaries, but yet that's what they called us as missionaries. But I could feel that God was building this church as a remnant church. And so it doesn't matter how they look at us, but God is shaping in them. And when I went to the school, their school was very pretty. Like, I went there and I was like, I went there to help them, but wow, their school is better than our school. They have avocado trees planted all over the field. And those avocados were bearing fruit. They even have a soccer field, a, a basketball court, and a volleyball court. And each and every single class has their own classroom. And they all have teachers, you know, the, everyone who was in the praise team were teachers for the children. And these children would show off their classrooms and what they were doing in their classrooms. And as I was looking at this, I, I, I was, they showed me their home as well. And uh, the firstborn came up. And this firstborn is, has disabilities, right? And he's, he, 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 he has mental disabilities, right? And he came out and he was just happy to see us. And as I was looking at him, all my walls that I was building up against them came crumbling down. And as they came crumbling down, I was just grateful to serve them. That whether they bring any benefit to us or not, just the opportunity to serve them was more than enough.
So all those walls that I built up, right, as I was judging them, judging them for all their strength, judging them for inviting all these random people, all of these things came crumbling down. And so as I saw this son of Martha who had these disabilities and, and, and seeing how they were serving one another, raising one another, building each other up. They just live in the church and their lives is centered around the church. And I could see that God was pouring out his love for them. And there was a lot of healing happening in, in Honduras, actually. And what was funny is there was no reason for it. There was no, there was no reason. As I said, that they would heal and they would go home. And yet, what I felt was it was God's mercy. God's mercy. And one time there was this person Pastor Kim asked for someone who couldn't walk to come forward, and this lady came forward and he asked her why she could not walk, and she said because she was shot five times, once in the foot, and and she got healed and she was happy, but she doesn't stay for the worship. She went home afterwards, and so I was thinking like, what the heck, you know? And so all this judgment and this pride was coming up inside of me like, like, and yet God healed them. And I could feel God's mercy. So God established who he established. He calls who he calls. And some of the some of the children, uh, I understand why Pastor Kim told me to break up with my girlfriend, and so he he ended up breaking up with his girlfriend, and like, and then they would keep saying to us, you know, my house is your house, my house is your house. And uh, talking about Tezongi, I was a little bit upset with him. I told him, I told him that, you know, uh, you can, um, I don't worry. And I was upset at Tezong because like, during Honduras, he never looked at Esther. And he even took pictures with other girls at the, at the service. But at the very end, Tesson finally uh, was convinced by God. And as Pastor Kim was preaching, he 
he was flipped upside down. And Tethongi asked Sergio to translate for him. And he came to Martha and, and asked her permission to date her daughter. And so please pray for Tezong that he could have a successful courtship. And like I remember as we were talking, I could feel in Martha that she wants Tezong to come to Honduras. But I, inside of me, like I had this rejection of that heart, right? Like, I oh, Tezong, he, he's too valuable. But when we went to that church, Everything, I just forgave her for everything, right? Like that, that Tezong can go, he doesn't have to stay here, right? No, I'm not telling you to go. Don't worry, Tezong, I'm not telling you to go. But just, that it's okay if Tezong does go, but, but anyways, what I'm trying to say is that there are many places that we need to go. There's many people waiting for us. And yet, we have um, confined ourselves to our, own, um, to our own borders. And yet, I could feel God moving and God touching us. And, and so on the third day, I could feel God coming to this land. And I was filled with such inspiration one moment please okay so like the seasoning is changing and that when pastor Kim proclaimed Isaiah 61 that really this new season was coming upon us and as he was preaching out of First Thessalonians that he was basically proclaiming Isaiah 61 that he was ministering like Jesus does right that the, that the sick are healed the poor is made rich proclaiming God's freedom right setting the captives free even if they went left even if they didn't stay to the worship God's love just came forward and ministered to his people <coughs> excuse me And then we went to America. So when we went to America, even in as we're going to America, it was really difficult, right? Because right, service would end at night, and then we'd have to leave early in the morning, and then get on the plane, and then get off, and then wait again, and then ride another plane, and then get out. And then we arrived, finally arrived at the hotel in the night, and the next day we had to go minister right away. And so we had these great expectations for America, but when the first church that we went to, 
was very small. Maybe about as big as this altar. And so at first, like when we arrived, there was, there was this big building. But no, it wasn't that main building that the church was in. They were borrowing a small uh, storage room of that church. And so we went there and had a conference and... And so Costa Rica had this amazing band, right? And then in Honduras, it felt like they were country hicksters. But then when we went to America, it was even more like... In America, like, you couldn't even listen to their singing, right? So filled with their own righteousness and just like... The piano sound was like so hard to listen to. And yet we still had the service and Pastor Kim preached and healed. Many people were filled with joy. And then on the next day we went to another church. We went to a different church. And this church was a little bit bigger. And so we would gather from one to nine. So we arrived at one, but no one showed up. And so I, I thought to myself, did they just say that you can show up anytime at one to nine, come whenever you want? So we arrived at one, but we didn't begin till two. And we began at two, and Pastor preached. And then we took a break for an hour for dinner. And uh, we had tacos, which Pastor Kim doesn't like. David really likes, but Pastor Kim doesn't like. And so we had tacos last night, and we had tacos again this day, and then had dinner service. And as Pastor was leading, none of the people who showed up on the first day came, right? There's some who did show up, but there was many who didn't. And then, but on the second day, right, the head pastor broke down in tears, saying that God has answered my prayers, that God has answered my prayers, that God has come. And so he's filled with joy, like so much that he fainted. And I was like, oh, wow, look at how poor his heart is, how desperate for God he is. And so what, what we realize is that we came to a church filled with illegals. I thought that we were coming to an American church, but we did not come to an American church. But we came to a church filled with uh, illegal immigrants. So many of them were illegal immigrants. Some of them had green cards, but still, like, they were foreigners, right? And so many, all types of people were there. And not, not that many, but all different kinds of people were there. And as we were having worship with them, and eating those tacos and having worship again, and then on the third day, on Sunday, we went to a different church. And this church was originally a black person's church. And so the black church would have worship in the, in the morning, and then the Mexicans would borrow it in the afternoon. And so pastor and his wife was leading praise. At, uh, 
And they were really excited, right? And then so Pastor Kim came out. And again, someone... Like this praise leader who... I guess he wanted to lead praise again. He came forward and started proclaiming, like, you need to be holy. That God says, don't live like this. <laughs> and went to all the people, the instrumentalists, and scolding them. And so there was no order, and, and, and the pastor was unable to do anything, even though this guy was a lay member, and he wasn't even a member of their church. Like, I don't know if Mrs. Kim is aware of that or not. But like, so, you know, it was wild, and because it was wild, there was all this deception. So his righteousness was rising up. He was crying, saying that God is looking for holiness. God is looking for, of course, he's not saying incorrect things, but it was all filled with his righteousness. He stole the mic from the head pastor, and then as Pastor Kim was was preaching, he would take people out to to cast demons out. And so he was ministering for an hour, like while Pastor Kim was preaching. So I was thinking to myself, God, why did you bring us here? And yet, and yet, I could feel God wanted to proclaim these things towards the land. And so I asked God, what do you want me to proclaim? And I felt like, oh, this reminds me of something in the Bible. And I was looking throughout the Bible and what God showed me. Was, the, was like the manger in Bethlehem. They may think that that it's a good place, right? It's good worship. But I was thinking in America, in this amazing country, America, where there is this nice church, Bethel, right? Where there are these churches that are so fancy. Right, the first church was like a tent, basically. It was no better than a tent. And, you know, this last church was a church of black... It was a black church, right? And so in the front of the church was a picture of Martin Luther King. And I was thinking to myself, who is this church worshipping? <laughs> but... Like when Jesus was born, 
you know, no matter what inn they would go to, there was no spare room. And so they chased Jesus away. And so the only place remaining was a manger. So in the same way, right, God is looking for his remnant in America, but no one welcomes God. And so yet, and yet these people, these humble people are welcoming God. And so God, and so it's like a manger in Bethlehem. And so this is where God is going to establish his church. And so I was grateful. And as I was looking upon them, and as I was seeing the schedule as a whole, right, Costa Rica, beginning from Costa Rica, Right. Costa Rica Costa Rica, you know, it was a big conference, right? And then in Honduras, it was poorer, right? We could feel poorer. And these kids, right, the, the praise team, they're very powerful in prayer. I was so grateful to see that they were praying, that they were uh, remaining vigilant in their prayers. And then from there we went to America and America is a place that, where we went, were places that we couldn't even call them churches. We shouldn't call them churches. And yet, God said to us that I remember and I see them. And as I was looking at this entire schedule, God keeps emphasizing poor in spirit. That the only way we can attain the kingdom of heaven is to be poor in spirit. It's not my efforts, it's not my works, but it's God alone. Lord, I need you, you alone. And so those who seek God with a poor spirit, God will come. To those who have no other hope but God, they will find God. It's because they are poor in heart that they receive the gospel just as it is, not mixing anything. It's because they are poor in heart. This fruit is multiplies because they are poor in heart. We may judge, oh, this person is listening well, oh, this person is good, but no, it's not about what we see, but who God is acknowledges when we went to Israel the last time that was actually the grace that I received is that I can praise God but it's when I humble myself that I worship God that when I find God in that lowest of places God is lifted up and so when I went there God is continually saying that I have begun my judgment for the meek. And who are the meek? Those who are chased away, those who are oppressed, those who are cast out of society. As we know in Isaiah 57, right, that he who is most, most high, we cannot dream to reach him. 
And yet the secret to come to him is what is to be have a contrite heart. What is a contrite heart? It's to be broken. Broken. It's the same thing with humility. What is humility? The one who is chased away from the world, who is on the fringes. And so that's what I said to the 900 pastors, is that God is judging for the meek. And they said, Amen. And who are the meek? The meek are those who are oppressed, who are pillaged, who are, st- who are broken down. And I saw their faces get cast down. And I said, you don't like this, right? And yet this is who God is looking for. And they said, Amen. And so, brothers, how about you? Where are you going? Whose side are you going to live on? Are you going to look for God who is rich in his mercy, who works for you? Right? Are you looking for that rich in mercy? God's mercy. Sorry, um, one moment. You know, like mothers, right? Maybe you could separate yourself from your babies for a moment, but you're always, you're not resting, right? You're always thinking. Why? Because that baby needs you. In the same way. God knows that without him, you cannot live. I must be with you. That's why he loves you. That's the relationship we have with God. So we talked about Babylon earlier. But many times we're we're deceived by Babylon into thinking and relying on the Nile River. Thinking that the Nile River will make us rich. That I can speak English. I have this hope. I have this ability. I have this talent. So we make our own Nile River within me because I don't want to ask God. That's what was really causing me hardship during this conference. All I had to do was ask God and yet I kept thinking, why do I have to ask for this little thing? The Lord... That I wish it would be my technique. Why do I have to keep asking you, God? But God keeps saying, you rely on me. But Babylon doesn't want to rely on God, wants to have its own technique, wants to have its own ability that, Lord, when will I finally be able to do it? But we need to be poor before God. And so that is poor in heart, not poor in materials. Now, of course, you can give up all your riches, but, but what, what's more important is being poor in heart. That Jesus alone is all I need. That when God's mercy moves, Right, that God mercies move, nothing is impossible. That is God's mercy. God's mercy, there's no reason. It's not, oh, how holy is this person? No, it doesn't matter. 
Just mercy. Come forward. You need to walk. You cannot see? Get up. And a hundred people, more than a hundred people got up. God is going to heal your eyes. And so, and so they prayed once and half of them sat down and said, how does God heal like this? This is the poor heart towards God. Why do we not get healed? Because we are not poor in heart. And so like, you know, for me, it wasn't about money, but more like our relationships, right? Oh, this needs to hurry up and get solved. This needs to hurry up and get solved, hurry up and get solved. But the more I tried, the, the less it would get solved, the more convoluted it would get, the more complicated it would get. But that's what God was teaching me is wait upon the Lord that God is going to do. I don't need to rush. God will do it. Amen. And so I realized how much, how poor I need to be. And so I thought that I had poor in heart because I sought God's to be poor in spirit. But when a text came, I realized that I did not have that poor in heart. And so even this is a gift from God. This poor in spirit is a gift from God. This contrite heart is something that God gives. And when you are poor in heart, when you have this contrite heart, nothing is impossible because God's mercy moves. Right? Many healings happen that you cannot imagine, like, right? you cannot explain. One of the pastors, his Achilles tendon was, was cut. And, and immediately he was healed, got rid of his cast, and started walking. And so I looked at myself and how much I trusted in science and in the information that I have. How rich I was in knowledge and in information and how much this knowledge limited God's working. And so I repented of many of these things. And so what I want to share with you today is this gift of poor in heart. Amen. And I believe that God who is being rich in mercy will work in us. Amen. And so, so in this Easter, this Easter Sunday, let us be satisfied with the righteousness of God. Amen. I've been continuing talking about my strength, but when you look at Romans, right, it's funny. What does Romans say? It says that we are outsiders, right? That as to God's promise, we are outsiders, right? That the, that the promise of the Bible was originally for Israel. And yet, look at this. It says that, that this promise, this covenant, it was not for you. You do not, you do not apply. Right, the righteous shall live by faith. That God's will live that the righteous will live by his faithfulness. The righteous will live by his promise. And yet this promise doesn't apply to you. You are outsiders of this promise. And Israel, to them, belongs this promise. And so they kept this faith. 
And yet what does Paul say? Paul says that even though they kept this promise, they could not attain righteousness. Even now, look at, look at the lengths that Jews go to to keep this promise. And yet, none of this can make righteousness in them. And yet, we have righteousness. Does that make sense? And so why do we judge one another saying, what's wrong with this person? What's wrong with that person? Constantly comparing with one another, judging one another. That, oh, it's because he's like this. Oh, it's because he's like that. <laughs> Excuse me. And so now, brothers, let us no longer discern one, um, one another like this. Our only righteousness is Jesus Christ. It is Christ alone is our righteousness. That I cannot do anything of my own. Without God's righteousness, I cannot survive. Let this be our confession. And so as we come upon Easter Sunday, that this joy would really re-inspire us, would be restored to us. And so my suggestion for, for this week is this, is that let's fast, but what are we going to fast of? Fast of judging others. Fasting of making excuses. That it's because of him, it's because of her, it's because of him that I'm getting angry. It's because this happened that I'm so upset. Let's get, let's fast of these excuses. Let's fast of these judgments. That no matter what goes on around me, that Lord, this is between you and me. That Lord, if you say I'm righteous, I am right. If God says wrong, then I repent. It doesn't matter what this person next to me does. That Lord, if you tell me to repent, I repent. And so let everything be in God's, with your relationship with God. That let us, let us practice this throughout this week and resurrect on Easter Sunday together. Amen. And so let us pray. The Lord, we went far and and you have given us this great victory. But you are leading us down deeper valleys and valleys and valleys. We thought that because America there would be hope, but no. Lord, and yet in that place where there was no hope, you gave us this joy of resurrection. Lord, you were born in the manger. You did not complain of the smell, but no, you were rejoiced that that manger welcomed you. And you, comfort, and you brought comfort to man. You brought comfort to the world. And so, Lord, in us, let us no longer have this relative righteousness, this relative righteousness that is based on the standards of Babylon. But Lord, give everything, lay everything down. Instead of trying to improve our lives, instead of looking for progress, look for God's salvation. Look for God's salvation.
나를 내가 이렇게 바위 때문에 거하게 하시고 아니 아니 그런데 더 작게 해주세요 제가 기도하잖아요 내가 바위 때문에 가기 싫다고 그랬죠 왜 나를 바위 때문에 놓냐고 사실 우리가 우리 우리 하나님은 정말 우리가 목마를 때 물을 준다고 하시고 하나님 목마르지 않을 때도 주세요 그냥 가게 그게 안잖아요 언제 목마를지 모르니까 내가 소유하고 내가 부유하고 And so let's no longer look for our own security. Let's seek God. Stop trying to be king ourselves. We refuse to be poor. But God is saying to us once again, reminding us that live by my river. Huh? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Stop living by the Nile River. The Nile River is rotten. Live by my waters. Live by the early and latter rains. Wait for the latter rains. Lord, Lord, as I wait for the latter rains, I have been afraid that it's not coming. But Lord, now I know that the latter rains come in their times. Lord, help me to wait. Help me to wait. And that when I seek you with this poor heart, that my kingdom, that, I mean, my country, my church, we will see your miracle. We will see your great hand work. And so, Lord, instead of looking for your mercy, I kept looking for my ability, my, my potential. But now, Lord, I know... that, Lord, help me to be poor. Help me to lay all of these things, my own potential, and seek you. Seek your righteousness. Seek your kingdom alone. Yes, Lord, there's no hope in me. God who loves a poor and contrite heart, who loves to, who is mighty to save, who raises us up from the dust heap, who raises us up from the ashes. Yes, Lord, now is the time of vengeance. Now is the time of your comfort. Yes, Lord, help us no longer to fear, but to entrust, to trust you, Lord. I will see the salvation of the Lord. I will see the wicked uh, be judged. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, you have um, done a good job in interceding. And remember, do not be deluded into thinking that poorness comes from lack of money. Even if you don't have money, you could be rich in heart. But in these end times, really, you know, I am someone who ministers to the remnant, right? And the remnant are what? Are poor in heart. And so as I've been going around the world 20, for the past 20 years, this is actually the blessing of a preacher. Really, as a preacher, I don't feel that, um, that, that kind of struggle that my wife was just testifying about. Because being poor and, and having faith is the same thing. And so if you are not poor, God cannot entrust you with anything. That's what faith is, right? It's because they are poor 
that no matter what I say, they have no doubt. Even though someone's never run her entire life because she had a faulty heart, because she is poor in heart, when I say that you're healed, she receives it without any doubt. But you know, in Korea, no one's poor. That's why they compare what they have with what I say, right? That's why they compare, but we need to be poor. And this same thing applies to you. Why does your faith not grow? Because you are not poor. You are not emptying yourself. You're filled with your own thoughts and so you're unable to entrust to God. Because you're holding on to your things, how can faith grow? It's the same thing with healing. Honestly, if I were to look at the circumstances, I could not heal. Right? How can I tell someone who's had a faulty heart ever since she was born, right, how to run? It's because I don't have my own things. And so, look, being poor isn't a lack of money. Now, of course, maybe God can take away your money to make you poor, but that's not always the case. What is poor is looking to God and God alone, having none of your own things, being able to entrust in God. So why are you unable to entrust God? Because you try to control everything. It's the same thing with business. It's because you keep trying to make something out of yourself. That's why. And so, you know, that's why when you ask me, I just say, do it, do whatever you want, because you, you already have that decision. Do it, see, see if it works. If it's not faith, it's not going to work. We need to be poor, poor. Rely upon God alone. L letting everything go, because that's the season that we are upon right now. That, of course, this is the end times, but it's this beginning of the new season. And so this next season that's coming upon us is Zechariah 5, right? The church being separated from Babylon. That season is upon us, brothers. And so really, if we, the reason why we are not poor in spirit is because we live by the standards of Babylon. Because we are in the system of Babylon, we cannot be poor. That's why we cannot have faith. So brothers, really, in this important season, is upon us. This important season is upon us. So we let us empty ourselves and be poor in heart, holding on to God alone. Amen? So really, in faith, all things are possible. And it needs to be more easier for us to live in faith. Stop trying to appeal to the world. That should no longer be your main concern. It's time for us to enter into the Sabbath rest of faith. Amen? So really, I'm happy that this world is, is growing into darkness. It's not because of the suffering that I'm happy. No, I'm happy because finally that time is upon us where faith, without faith, we cannot survive. And so, and so as we close this season and this new season is upon us, this time is really important. And God is sending me all over the world for a time. That's why, you know, I, I'm planning to go to China and, and Africa towards the end, half, second half of this year. And that prophet who, who proclaimed those four things, that was confirmation of what I've been praying for. 
And this is the reward that God has given us. Remember, right? What was the first reward? It was, it was material goods, right? God is saying that he's going to bear fruit, bear fruit in the church, right? This 30-fold, that God's uh, heavenly storehouse is going to be opened up. And so because the scale of the ministry is getting expanded to the point where it, we need to receive from God, right? Right? Uh, this conference in Panama is so expensive. Right? And, and so... And so in the businesses, God is going to enrich you. And that is the spoil of war. It's the time for God's storehouse to open up upon us. Amen? And bearing fruit. And we have really um, sown much seed, right? Spending so much money to sow the seed of God. And really, I see much fruit bearing, uh, being born. And so... Uh, Many brothers are coming in from Central America. Uh, Pastor Samuel's family will also be coming from Honduras. Pastor Adi as well. Um, and then also the young adults from Costa Rica. So they're going to come to receive training for a time. And so as a church, um, we need to prepare ourselves to to serve and and now we're waiting for God to just seal this and there are many things that we need to do as a unified Korea and so it's really time for God to officially work through us and so brothers above all else we need to hold on to faith and pray amen so really we should not even have an inkling of living by our thoughts really we cannot live by our strength we have to live by flesh our faith by looking upon god and god alone and so at the very least brothers what you should be able to sense is that ah this is what it means to live by faith you need to start having this experience this taste it's not just blindly saying oh i believe i believe no like through me, you have experienced this for 20 years, right? But now you also need your own personal experience. Because we are opening in this uh, new season, really God is going to pour out limitlessly. We're going to see fire rain down from heaven, God pouring out his manna and um, the Red Sea splitting again. And really, this is all made through what? Through faith. And really, I proclaimed at the end of Costa Rica conference that there's going to be an earthquake. And when we went to Honduras, there was an earthquake, a 6.8 uh, earthquake in, in Costa Rica. And this wasn't just, this wasn't a prophecy because like I knew, but rather it was just a proclamation in faith. So anyways, I don't know at, after the end of this decade whether we'll be able to go out freely into the world again. And so that's why I think God is um, sending us forth. And really, there was amazing um, fruit being born after this conference because all over Central America, uh, there is news of, of, of what God's truth is doing. And so uh, truly, I'm grateful to God.
And so today, uh, what we need to pray for is remember uh, the, the, the contents of that prophecy, those four things. Actually, these are things that I were praying for. And so God was confirming uh, that through this prophecy, right? This, this uh, 30, 30 fold and then a new spirit of, uh, of apostleship and prophetic anointing. And also the evangelistic spirit coming upon the church. Amen. So we'll pray over this. But uh, before we pray, I want to give a couple announcements. <coughs> and so many testimonies are still coming in, flooding in from Central America. Okay, so let's pray. Lord. Bless Yarbang Church for serving in this conference. Your servant has prayed and many people have given us uh, this prophecy. And so you have confirmed our prayers through this prophecy. And so Lord, we take hold of this, of this loot and we send it forth. And so as your faith is, let it be. And so Lord, Help us to claim this loot and open heaven's storehouses that we would bear 30 times, 30 fold, that many fruit would bear fruit, a new spirit of apostleship, a new spirit of prophecy, a new uh, spirit of faith. Lord, to Yabang Church who has served Central America, may this blessing run forth flow forth and may they enter into the Sabbath rest of faith a new spirit of apostolic anointing a new spirit of prophetic anointing open heaven's storehouses bless your businesses open up heaven's storehouses in faith pour out your anointing Lord in victory. Lord, to Yabang Church who has served in this conference and in intercession, bless them to your heart's content. And raise us up in unity. And may all the pastors who were blessed in Costa Rica, may they raise up disciples, your disciples all over the nations fruit and calling upon your name it's about faith have faith enter into the Sabbath of faith Lord let it impart upon them impart upon them powerful anointing Lord more Lord 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 we thank you we praise your name for allowing us to serve in this amazing conference and Lord bless this community as we prepare for this amazing season, 
that Lord you have opened up these conferences all over the world and like your word of prophecy made disciples rise up all over the world and through this season to your among church who has who has sown the seed with their tears may it bear fruit may your heavenly stores open up and bring fruit 30 60 100 fold that we may be a community that has the Sabbath of faith and Lord now all our doubts all our lies all of these all of our standards be laid down and have pure faith throughout the remaining conferences Lord may you continue to work bring about your great works and raise up your remnant and now Lord to Central America these conferences are to these pastors may your anointing and fire uh, shake their countries, shake their churches, and raise them up as the remnant. Lord, bless this offering today. May your abundance flow, and may we be a church that can serve the remnant all over the world. And Lord, with faith, we have offered this offering today. May it please you, and like today's word of prophecy says, may your heavenly stores open up. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of God the Father, and through the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, to the saints who enjoy and faith dedicated their lives to this conference in Central America. May this may they bear fruit upon their families, upon their businesses, upon their inheritance, upon the church, Zoe ministry, and, and missions all over the world. May this blessing rest now and forevermore.